Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. If you're listening, congratulations. You made it a win for Nebraska 2023. Welcome into the Sunday side session. I am Mike Schaefer, joined today by Nick Sainert from 93.7 The Ticket. I'm sure you've heard him on the airwaves. Uh, sometimes he's the one uh, making sure that the train stays on the track, too. Nebraska <laughs> stayed on the track. No derailment. A victory, 35-11 over Northern Illinois. Nick here to, to talk about everything that happened in that game and, uh, you know, the big picture stuff coming out of it. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Schaefer. Uh, it, you know, the, the Huskers won yesterday, but the Cubs have lost five in a row and might Ooh. be blowing a, a big wild card lead. So uh, at least one of the teams, I guess, won yesterday. I, you know, there's there's been times in my life where I've had to, to scoreboard watch while sitting in Memorial Stadium for baseball. And uh, it's, it's, it's generally gone well for me. This year yeah. is not one of those years. So yeah, I, it is, uh, I, I don't even have like great words of wisdom to offer you. Yeah, it's been really disappointing. Sorry, I'm, I'm if you can hear the uh, the coffee grinder behind me. It's I, we're in our our new studio, and uh, we decided to. You. Yeah, well, we're getting a baton. Nobody, nobody besides me is going to see this video. Oh, that's right. That's right. No me. video. Yeah, so I'm just going to kind of sit back here in in no man's land for the most part, but. Um, yeah, it's been, a it's been kind of a crazy couple of days. The mill coffee, we're trying to, you know, make sure the coffee grinder is not, not being super loud. So here we go. We got to a quieter place. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, the, the nice thing is, you know, it's early enough at the, the new ticket offices that you can just claim a room and make it yours, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So Nebraska 35, Northern Illinois 11. Nick, what is your biggest takeaway? From Nebraska's first win in 2023, you can go anywhere you want. Oh, man, um, I mean, obviously, I mean, the injuries are, are something interesting to just think about uh, going forward because there's some of the bigger names, right? Uh, obviously, the Gabe Irvins, the Ramir Johnsons, and the Cameron Lenharts, uh, you know, getting banged up last night. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. But I think also 
Uh, it, it, with, coming into this game with a, with a minus six turnover margin, it's hard not to look that Nebraska was even in the turnover game or turnover battle last night. Uh, Heinrich Harburg does kind of what Nebraska needed out of a quarterback, and that is not throw an interception. Obviously, he had the you know the kind of the strip sack fumble uh, that maybe maybe it's Heinrich's fault, maybe it's not Heinrich Harburg's fault. But nonetheless, Nebraska's defense got an interception and uh, they didn't turn it over, you know, four times in four quarters. So I think that's, you know, you kind of take victory in that just because that's something we haven't seen from Nebraska. Now, obviously, you weren't going up against maybe a power five defense, but nonetheless, Nebraska won this game basically 35 to three, which I think we can all agree was kind of the result we were hoping for and expecting going into yesterday's game. Yeah, I uh I definitely found yesterday good in the long term for a lot of things, but I'm going to, I'm going to start with the one that people already felt pretty good about and really kind of pump it up here. Nebraska, other than that last drive, which came, I don't know, minute 20 on the clock, they covered a a bunch of ground um, against Nebraska's sort of third string, fourth string uh, defenders there at the very end. The Husker defense was absolutely dominant. I mean, there was a long, a long, a long stretch where Northern Illinois never saw Nebraska's side of the field. Yeah. Uh, they could not run the football at all. They they had more success throwing it, and they would have had more success had their receivers held on to a couple passes that at the very least would have kept the drives going a little longer. But you could tell that Nebraska's defense had Northern Illinois largely sized up on offense. And – I know for me, Nick, kind of coming into this game, one of the things I wanted to see from the team and and especially from the defense was don't play down to your opponent. Mm-hmm. Don't let this game become something it has no business being. You had two good performances against Colorado and Minnesota, points and score be damned for the defense. So don't turn around and come home and let your foot off the gas. And they absolutely did. And I thought that was a really important mental step for Nebraska football, for this defense, that not only can you go play and and go against teams and be up for the big matchups, but you can show up and do your job, get off the field, get better. I mean, they they clearly got better between weeks one and two and two and three, and then go finish drives. I, I You know, again, Northern Illinois, Rocky Lombardi, we can put the context to it as much as we want. But at the end of the day, you just want to see Nebraska get better, especially in these weeks early in the season. And I think defensively, we saw that. And some of it was just simply doing your job. And if if there's one thing that fans can feel reasonably confident about after, you know, one quarter of the season is now over, at least the regular season, is that Nebraska's defense isn't going to look past anybody at the moment and has the ability to simply overwhelm a team. I mean, we haven't seen that a lot uh, in recent memory. I mean, you're you're quite a bit younger than I am. Yeah. I don't know when the last time you saw a defense as good as what's currently on the field. Well, it, it, pro- it, it probably would have been the 2009 defense, right? That we Which know. How, how old were you in 2009? 14. I would have been. I would have been eight years old. Eight years old. 14. I would have been. I would have been eight. <laughs> I almost you doubled still, your you age. Still, you still missed the mark. No, I mean, here's the thing, Shave. Like on on top of that, I mean. We, we saw through the first two weeks prior to Northern Illinois where it was Nebraska's offense put their defense in some really difficult positions 
And we saw the defense still stay, you know, some of that bend don't break mentality, although it's cliche to say, but like last night, once again, Nebraska, they, they fumble that ball, I believe on their second drive of the game uh, inside their own 10 or something like that. And thanks to a Rocky Lombardi, you know, turf monster slip, uh, they, they force a field goal. I mean, so it's like now Nebraska fans have seen three straight weeks of really good defensive play. And, and it's been solid. So, I, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's something that Nebraska fans can kind of bank on. And I think Nebraska is going to, as Matt Rule has talked about, Nebraska is going to have to be a team that really leans on their defense. But Nebraska's offense is certainly going to have to help them out with field position. Brian Buschini is in that discussion with trying to reverse the field. He had a much better game kicking it and punting it, I should say, yesterday. I still have um, no idea what happened in Colorado. And yeah. I, if people are like, why does he keep talking about this? It's because it's dumbfounding to me that a guy that's yeah. one of your best players in a critical situation just had such a bad game. Well, such and a, and un, unforced. It wasn't like, you know, there was exactly. a lot of, of having it blocked. So it was really like, good to see the bounce back for Buscini. He, he's, he, yeah, and that's something that maybe I think we maybe I didn't talk about enough going into this one was like Nebraska special teams, similar to their defense, might just have to pick up you know, some of the, the lackluster, you know, the lackluster offensive performances, right? Like we saw it against Minnesota to where when you're on the road, a perfect way to take the wind out of the stadium or, you know, the, some of the momentum is by a big special teams play. We saw it against Minnesota where Ramir yeah. out of the, out of halftime, you know, took it back to the Minnesota 35 yard line on a 65 yard return and Nebraska on the botch trick trick play scores a touchdown. Like that's the perfect way Nebraska who's might be an underdog on the road is going to have to try to stay in games, I think. They're going to need good special teams play. And that's why it was so crazy, I think, to me, in Boulder two weeks ago now, where it was like Brian Buschini, who's one of Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska's got a consistent punter, usually. And he just wasn't that. So it was good to see him bounce back last night against Northern Illinois. Absolutely. Let's dive into the Heinrich Harburg discussion Mm -hmm. a little bit here. Uh, I don't know where you were at with Heinrich Harburg coming into this game, I have always kind of been a little bit of a, I don't want to say fanboy, but I've always really liked him. I mean, I, I remember covering his high school career uh, in the heart of the pandemic in, in 2020, went to multiple Carney Catholic games. And I just walked away from it thinking like, this guy has all of the bare bone skills to, uh, you know, I don't know if bare bone skills is a phrase, but let's just pretend like it is. Let's just pretend on Sunday morning that I said something that isn't idiotic. Can we do that? Let's do that. Of course. Of um, course. He has the skills that you can build upon. And, and if he gets developed, like every one of his athletic traits has the Like he is a, a creative player in a, in a video game that, you know, has the ability to max out in 20 different areas. And because of that, there should be a lot of enthusiasm and excitement for it. But also because of that, it requires a different development track and requires patience that generally isn't always found in current day college athletics. Um, And then you throw in the fact that he shows up in Nebraska in 2021 and, um, you know, he's there in the spring. He gets a, he had Mario Verduzco there. 2022, he gets Mark Whipple. It doesn't seem like there was a great relationship there. It doesn't feel like that was a good development year for him in 2022. 2023, the spring starts, 
his first interview, his first question is about what position he's being, yeah. you know, moved to. And he answers it that he's a quarterback. We hear after the fact that Matt Rule was beyond puzzled as to why everyone thought he was changing positions. Because in their first conversation, Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield sat down with him and said, hey, we think you're a quarterback. We want you to stay here. We want you to develop as a quarterback. We like what you could potentially be as a quarterback. And on Saturday night, he sure as hell looked like a quarterback to me, Nick. Uh, I think we lost Nick. I think his uh, the room that he had found inside the ticket studios has uh, has frozen up a little bit. Did, did we get it back? Nick, are you back here? There we go. I, I, think, we're, I think we're back. I think we're back. Yeah, still working through some Wi-Fi issues there at the uh, the the new station. Yeah, yeah, we should we should be good now. Gosh, I, I don't know what's going on. It was perfect up until that point. Yeah. All right. Well, so your thoughts on Heinrich Harburg? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, I, I think You're one good. thing with with Heinrich Harburg, uh, um, you know, we we all saw him kind of come out in that that tight end role on uh, against Minnesota. Then here he is two weeks later, you know, starting quarterback for Nebraska. I think one thing going into the game yesterday, I mean, I said on the pregame shows and such, and I'm sure other people have as well, like, he wasn't going to win the starting job last night, right, by beating Northern Illinois. But he can certainly force the coaches to have a conversation. And I think coming out of last night and Nebraska's 35-11 to 11 win, it's Heinrich Harburg's forced the coaches to have a conversation. And, and – and forced, you know, them to at least give him authentic and real game reps because he showed that he can run the offense pretty smoothly for the most part and hold on to the football, which somewhat is is the most important thing in, in all of football. You got to hold on to it. And so he completes a decent percentage. I think he completed 58% against Northern Illinois. Wasn't His stats aren't jumping off the page, and maybe it was against a, a pretty poor defense. But he figured out a way to, to hold on to the football and ultimately get a Nebraska win. So I think coming out of that game, I mean, Heinrich Harburg has kind of forced the coaches to have this conversation of, okay, we need to figure out a way to get Heinrich Harburg in-game reps. And then I think also going forward towards Louisiana Tech, if Jeff Sims isn't fully healthy, it's not like yesterday against Northern Illinois. It was putrid and ugly and, and incompetent. Like you don't have to force Jeff Sims, especially next week, against Louisiana Tech, you don't have to force a banged-up Jeff Sims to play or come back sooner than maybe he needs to, especially looking forward to Michigan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, you know, the the thing with Harvard, too, 
it 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 should be this way. He obviously helped lead a touchdown drive on the very first drive of the game. And so I think that got people pretty fired up. And then, you know, Nebraska, as it often does, hits a little bit of a stretch where it's just not going to be pretty. But at the very end of that game, the last three mm-hmm. drives of the game, and this is sort of speaks to what Matt Rule wants, what Nebraska wants, what Nebraska football theoretically builds towards every game. They scored three straight drives, end of the game, three straight touchdowns, all three on the ground, and they were all pretty clean drives. I mean, so they're just working and they're building and they're doing what they're trying to do mm-hmm. to put themselves in position to to be at the end of the game and to finish that game out on the field. And they were able to do that with their offense last night. Heinrich Harburg, as you said, took care of the football. He didn't have a lot of situations where it was fraught with danger. You had the one turnover early in that game uh, where I believe the, I believe the offensive line's probably most at fault for that. Um, but obviously everybody is welcome to kind of their own interpretation of what happened on that fumble on a, a slow developing play. But um, Heinrich Harburg did a nice job of, of managing this game. He had, he had to make plays at times. We saw that with the 20 yard touchdown run. I thought he showcased that he has the, the arm talent that he can make some interesting throws on the field. The one deep along the sidelines uh, up the Nebraska sideline. I thought that was the Tommy Hill. I thought that was a well-thrown ball. Mm-hmm. Felt like, you know, somebody could have been there to catch that. And that was under duress. So uh, I I think there's a lot to be excited about moving forward. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the big thing is if you need to go into next week with Louisiana Tech and have mm-hmm. Heinrich Harburg as your starter, there's no reason you should feel a lot of concern about that if you're a coach or a fan. And so if nothing else, Nebraska has proven that it has a little bit more quarterback depth than maybe some of the yeah. skeptics felt going into the game. Well, and I think also, I mean, one thing I do want to ask you is, I mean, because I'm curious about this topic is we've seen a lot of Tommy Hill in the last couple of weeks playing both sides of the ball. I mean, I, I think I think I was a little, I, I maybe, and this is my fault on this, I somewhat wrote off Tommy Hill a little bit on being the two-way guy. Like, he struggled to find the field towards – you know, throughout the entirety of last year at times. And obviously there was some other stuff going on with, is he a wide receiver? Is he a defensive back? Can he be a kick returner? Can he be on special teams? But now it's like this staff obviously sees a way that he plays both sides of the ball because now we've seen it twice where um, they've, they've tried to take some deep shots to him down the field, which I think we can both agree Nebraska needs like a deep threat in their receiving game. Uh, because, you know, certainly coming off of a year where you had Trey Palmer that could really stretch the defense out. I think this that's something that this wide receiver room is lacking. But then also on defense, we've seen him, him Tommy Hill out there quite often as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that just speaks to the versatility that he had as a high school recruit. I mean, he's a good two-way player down there in Florida. I know Andrew Ivins, our director of scouting at 24-7 Sports, mm-hmm. was absolutely in love with Tommy Hill as a, as a talented athlete leaving to go to college. And you know, everyone sort of viewed him as a receiver until he had a great camp as a defensive back. And then defensive backs are just more valuable um, in the college game and in the NFL, unless you're just completely elite as a receiver. So then everyone starts recruiting him as a defensive back and he ends up at a college campus like Nebraska by way of a transfer from Arizona State. And it's not working. But he's an athletic player, so you're you're not going to give up on him. The last staff didn't mm-hmm. want to give up on him. This staff certainly doesn't want to give up on him. And he's got a lot of growing he has to do. And he's been involved 
uh, especially defensively, where a couple plays have not gone well. But he's a guy that I think has a lot of athletic potential, and the staff wants to see if there's something more they can get out of him. And so I think you're going to see him still on the field a fair amount. I do think his offensive reps are largely going to be um, the sort of plays that you would have wanted for Xavier Betts had he stayed on the team, kind of the gadget plays where you want that explosion in there. You're trying to get him the ball in space. You're trying to find different things to do with him. They need someone that can take the top off the defense because Billy Kemp's going to stay under. Uh, Marcus Washington isn't the fastest guy, but he's shown good hands. He's someone you can throw to in the middle of the field. Your tight ends are solid, but again, they're not going to outrun people. So you need that guy who's a threat. And it feels like when Tommy Hill comes into the game, they target him. They want to put the ball in it mm-hmm. because he has a little bit of ability in terms of explosion that is largely lacking throughout Nebraska's offense. So um, I, I don't know that Tommy Hill is going to go anywhere. It would be nice to see them hit on a couple of these, if nothing else, just yeah. to put on film that there is the ability to throw a pass and complete a pass 25 yards downfield. That's what, that's one thing. Like when I'm watching Nebraska's offense, I don't know where you stand on this shape or like, I don't know what they necessarily want to do on offense. I, I don't I know. Do, I have no idea. Three games I, in, I, I have I, no idea what they're building towards. Because like I, I sit here and I look at the drive chart and I look, you know, as I, I'm sitting up there in the, in the box yesterday, like Nebraska multiple times, they get to, midfield and after after running it you know five of the six first six plays or last week against Colorado there was a drive where they ran it eight of the first nine plays with Gabe Irvin and then ultimately passed it once they got inside the 10-yard line and it feels like Nebraska that the margin for error as you know is so slim that it's if Nebraska either has second and 10 or even second and longer it just feels like their playbook and maybe this is somewhat of the quarterback because of the quarterback problems like your playbook has been so limited and it just gets it shrinks up so much that it feels like you just don't know really know what to do if you get either second and 10 or behind the chain and like there were multiple times last night where sorry Shafe, there were multiple times last night where nebraska at times like they were at third and four near midfield and i was like make this four down territory like your defense is that good to where I understand you don't want to put them in, in too big of a spot or too difficult of a spot. But there was multiple times where I felt like there might not have been a whole lot of urgency to kind of just like step on the throat at times earlier in the game. Ultimately they did and they were able to sustain drives. But I felt like there were times where it's like you ran Gabe Irvin. I think last night there was you ran him, I think four or five straight times or at least ran the ball. I think this was a drive where Anthony Grant had a nine-yard carry as well up the far sideline. And you got to about the 47, your own 47-yard line, and you passed it three straight times. And it, it's just kind of like mind-boggling to me because I'm, I'm, I just don't know what they want to do. Yeah, it's – well, first of all, uh, that was a false start by me. I was so excited to dive into this question that I, I tried to cut <laughs> you off. So uh, we all have discipline issues. It's not just the guys on the field. Let's keep that in mind. There you go. But, you know, I – I'm going to say this, and some people are going to think that I'm trying to cover for Marcus Satterfield. Other people are just going to think I'm a continuation of the moron that they've always felt me to be. (laughs) But in a lot of ways, last night was sort of game one for Nebraska's offense because you have a different quarterback. You haven't found rhythm for two weeks. I mean, they they played two games prior to, to yesterday. 
but it really hadn't felt like that on the offensive side of the ball because as you have said multiple times and as people well know they had eight turnovers in two games they didn't have the ball a lot they didn't get to work on a lot of stuff so in some ways last night was sort of like a actual chance to kind of try and work on things and sort of see what you have and what you can do and do it in an environment where you're at home do it in an environment that's largely pretty safe uh once they sort of built up to that 14-3 lead um and so I I don't know this to be a hundred percent but I would imagine when Marcus Satterfield talks uh this upcoming week some of that conversation is just going to be yeah we had to we wanted to see what we have we haven't been in these situations we don't know exactly what we have with these players. People forget this is only the third game that they've had with this coaching yeah. staff and these players. And so I think some of it is it's trying to figure out what you are, what you have. Now, does that excuse the fact that when you're running the ball well that you just go to three straight passes and end up having to punt? No, but I think everything is a data point right now for Marcus Satterfield, Matt Rule. And sometimes your September failures – can lead to October and November successes because you've learned something. You figured some things out. You you realize what you are. And even in a situation where I'm talking about it feels like it's it's the first real week for this offense, they're doing it with a backup quarterback that has never really played yeah. before. And so I think a lot of it was kind of also a little, you know, uh, research, a little, you know, trying to figure out, okay, what are we, what do we have, what can we rely on, what can people do, and how can we do this in this environment, and what's the most that we can get out of it? So I, I think there is a little bit of that uh, as it relates to, to last night. Um, you know, I again, I thought it got better later as the game went, but some of that was Nebraska yeah. sort of exerted itself um, towards Northern Illinois and, and took advantage of, of opportunities to, to move the football. But yeah, I, I have little doubt that the least popular coach on Nebraska's <laughs> staff right now is the offensive yeah. coordinator, but that's generally the case every single year um, since I've yeah. been covering the team. And so I, I, some of that, some of that is they're still trying to piece together what they have on offense. They're trying to figure out what they have on offense. And hopefully for Satterfield, there's a learning experience too. You get a better feel for what you have. You're going to call better plays. Well, and I imagine that, you know, in a game like last night against Northern Illinois, where it's Nebraska at times was up, what it was a 21 to three, 28 to three. Like I'm sure in a way they're trying to give Heiner Carberg, you know, uh, the ability to kind of showcase what he can do as the quarterback. Like, it's not like it, Jeff Sims was, was out there actually being able to orchestrate the offense, you know, perfectly. And then he just got banged up. And that's why there's not a question there's definitely a conversation now to where, and Heinrich can now go in and say, hey, listen, this I did this play well, I ran this well, I ran this set, the scheme, all that. So, I, But I feel like it probably is a little bit more difficult when you're up 28 to 3 to really open the playbook or be like, yeah, well, let's, let's gamble a little bit on this one when, I, you know, you're just trying to, I don't know, fair shake is the right right phrase. But I think, I think the, the listeners are probably going to understand what I'm trying to get at. Like you're trying to give you know, Heinrich Harburg a reason to compete here, I guess. And mm -hmm. maybe that becomes more difficult when you're supposed to get into this chew clock, you know, kind of just use the game clock kind of mode uh, when you're up 21-3, 28-3 there in the fourth quarter and such. Yeah, I think 
I think everything is an opportunity, right? Like every snap, every play of that game last night, regardless of score, was an opportunity for Nebraska to continue to learn and grow and get better. Even at the very end, I don't have any issue that Nebraska gave up that touchdown and that two-point conversion. A, because I'm the only person that probably picked 11 points for Northern Illinois, and I am going to own that and tell everyone about it, whether they care or not. B, I think that's situational and valuable. I mean, we we heard coaches talk about one of the things that working with Matt Rule shows them right away. This guy loves situational things at practice. They will go into a period where it is 15 seconds left in the game. You're on their 35. You need a touchdown. What are you going to do? What are you going to run? They do the same thing. You know, when you're the defense, you got to get a stop at the end of the game. Nebraska failed against Minnesota in a critical situation where the game was on the line. Nebraska's third stringers or backups, whatever we want to call them, had an opportunity to to try to get off the field without allowing any more points and make that game stand up a little bit more. They failed. Those are learning opportunities. Those are things that can be built upon moving forward in those players' careers and in this season alone. And so I, I think there's always value in that. And then you extrapolate it over to the offense. There's a lot of value in learning how to win. There's a lot of value in learning how to put a team away. I thought that's why last night was really important in the final three drives. They scored touchdowns on all three of them. There was never the moment where it's like, oh, Northern Illinois hung around. Rocky Lombardi's doing some things. You never saw anyone tweet, let Rocky cook. You know, we didn't see any dumb things like this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Hopefully. I don't think anyone's tweeting about Northern was, Illinois football. If I, but. Well, well, if I was a betting man, I'm not sure Rocky Lombardi will ever uh, cook. will ever have a tweet that says, right, let Rocky Lombardi cook. Because, um, he, I mean, Shafe, he does things as a seventh-year quarterback that you just don't want to see. I mean, the guy the guy doesn't make that, that a whole lot of uh, good decisions. He Put, I was surprised Nebraska didn't have a, a pick six last night because there were a lot of those those out routes and those underneath oh. routes that Nebraska had opportunities to kind of jump and uh, and take it to the crib, but they, you know they didn't. Um, unfortunately, I, I think something I do want to see kind of in the future, though, in terms of like game management, is it feels like Nebraska, and this is that situational football, I guess, and, and both from the coaches and from players, like. It seems like once Nebraska gets in, it's been the the drive right before halftime, I believe, like the last three games, where I've just kind of like scratched my head a little bit. Like last night, for example, they run a, a design quarterback run on the first play of the drive with one timeout remaining. And I think Heinrich got like four yards. And then they ended up throwing a pass to Marcus Washington that was the reviewed play was incomplete. But then they decided to challenge it, and I was a little I was a little surprised by the challenge call because number one, even if it is completed, I don't think it was a first down, and so I don't know necessarily. And then ultimately, you lost your final timeout. And then obviously, in weeks prior, it's been some poor decision making from the quarterback. But I've just kind of scratched my head the last couple of games at the drives right before halftime because it's like, what does Nebraska? do or go to on offense when they need a play that works I, I, that's maybe that's part of it of why it's like I don't necessarily know what they want to do on offense yeah that's interesting because I come at it from a completely different mentality I looked at it as Nebraska's up 14 to 3 they have the mm-hmm. ball Northern Illinois can't really stop the clock enough 
they could have run three plays into the line and went to halftime guaranteed up yeah. 14 to three and getting the ball in the second half. And I was a little surprised that they were attempting to do anything. And in no small part, because in my pea-sized brain, you're Nebraska, disaster is flirting with you around every corner. Yeah. It takes one bad out route to be returned for a pick six. And that pass mm-hmm. to Marcus Washington was probably one of five where Heinrich Harburg put it in a place where Northern Illinois could have taken, you know? And so I, I yeah. looked at it as, you know, what is there enough to be gained when you're 80 yards away from the end zone to try to have this drive? But I, again, I think rule views a lot of these things as this is an opportunity. This is, we want to see, we're going to be in critical situations later in the year where we need to go and score in this situation. What does this look like? What can our team do? And frankly, it didn't look good. Um, And I, I think, I think the challenge was simply because they were going to take a timeout anyways. So you Mm -hmm. might as well just see if you're at third and short or third and six, and you're taking that timeout regardless. Like, like I, I don't know that the challenge was necessarily we think this was going to happen, but it felt more like we're taking the timeout anyways. Now, you could get into sort of an analysis of that mindset with you cost yourself the ability to challenge plays later in the game when you lose that challenge. Uh, But, you know, that's another conversation, and that's probably more of a red flag about the college challenge system than it is anything else. But I, I didn't love that because I, to me, it's just just get into halftime. You're getting the ball. Mm-hmm. You're up fourteen to three. This has gone well for you with a backup quarterback. Don't you know? Don't flirt with disaster. But I just, I don't know that that's Matt Rule's mentality, especially right now as he's trying to build this program. Because I think, again, as I said, everything's a data point. Like they want to know what they can yeah. about this team in every situation, and it felt like that was another one of those on. On Saturday night, Nick, I want to finish with this. You mentioned right at the beginning, and we haven't really talked a lot about it. And I, and part of it is I just don't have enough information at this point Sunday mm-hmm. morning to go deep into it. Which of those injuries, Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson, Cameron Lenhart, uh, was there another one in there from last night that I'm forgetting? Obviously, There's, Jeff Timms, but I'm leaving that one yeah. out. Yeah. Which I think, of those? I, I think the three, yeah, I think the three were Ramir, Gabe, and Cam Lenhart. Yeah. Which of those three is most concerning for you for Nebraska's upcoming matchup with Louisiana Tech? Oh, specifically Louisiana Tech. Um, yeah, because I don't you know, know the honestly, severity of any. Yeah. So I guess we're just well, taking that a week to week. I'm going to still go with Cameron Lenhart, and, and here's why. I think if you would have asked me prior to Northern Illinois, it would it would definitely be the, the Gabe Urban, right? Because he's he's really you know filled that void of when Anthony Grant. I mean, as you know, 900-yard-plus rusher last year, um, when Anthony Grant was unable to to be in the game and be trusted, Gabe Irvin somewhat stepped up, right? And and so is Ramir Johnson to a certain extent, but especially Gabe Irvin. And um, what I thought about last night, though, and, and we haven't touched on it, is like these two weeks here against Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech are two opportunities for Anthony Grant to gain the trust of the coaches. Like, once again, like to be able to – throughout practice, obviously, but in game reps, um, it, it gives Anthony Grant an opportunity to, like, gain the trust back of of the coaching staff and that he can carry the ball. And I think we started to see that last night a little bit where he was he was a little bit more of a factor than in previous weeks. And so prior to Northern Illinois, I would have said Gabe Irvin. However, after Northern, Northern Illinois, I'm going to say 
Cameron Lenhart because the the spark that a true freshman I think like him can provide off that edge um and also just for his development right I think we saw Cameron Lenhart in his, his two sack performance against Colorado and it was like all right Cam Lenhart he's he's projected to be pretty good he's projected here in a two or three years to be a, a staple in this defense that Nebraska kind of looks at and I think Husker fans also gravitate towards like a really good edge rusher because it's been so long since Nebraska's had one of those that it's like once Nebraska fans feel like they get a glimmer of hope that they might have one coming down the road, they really gravitate towards him. And so with that, I think just for his development, I hope that it's nothing serious with Cameron Lenhart. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll lean towards Cameron Lenhart, but also, I mean, you could say the same thing about Gabe Irvin, who who's trying to start to come into his own, similar to as he was in 2021 before he got hurt. Uh, one of the beautiful things when you are sort of in charge of something that you've created and you can just make it all up as you go along, you get inspired by something. <laughs> and at Husker 24-7, we give out game balls every week, win or lose. And trust me, when Nebraska loses, nobody's excited to hear about these game balls. Yeah. But we do it anyways for the sake of tradition. I've decided now on the Sunday side session, the guest is going to give out a game ball every week as well. These three names are off the board, Nick. You have the rest of the roster to pick. You cannot give a game ball to Nash Hutmacher, to Heinrich Harburg, or to Thomas Fedoni. Who is getting the Nick Sainert game ball for the Northern Illinois game? I'm gonna I'm gonna go, and this this is gonna be really unpopular. I'm gonna go on the defensive side of the ball, a guy that has found kind of somewhat of a role, and it's Javen Wright. Like it wasn't, it wasn't popping. It, 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 before you laugh, what's, what's unpopular about the one takeaway from last night? Well, 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 well. Here's the thing. Well, okay. Obviously, the intercept, interception was big for Javen, but there was also multiple times where coming off the edge, he would blow up both the the whatever tackle he was he was facing, but then also disrupt a the the check down route from the running back. There were there were multiple times where he kind of just blew it up. Where that you're not going to see that on the stat sheet, but if you go back and watch, there are multiple times, and in two of the times it resulted in the Rocky Lombardi sack. And so I think looking deeper, um, I thought the secondary had a really good game coverage wise, but I'm going to give it to Javen Wright. Obviously, not necessarily because the interception, but because of maybe other things that he did, uh, pressuring and getting to the quarterback and just being disruptive at times. All right, Nick, we appreciate your time joining us here on the Sunday side session. And uh, we will, I'm sure we'll do it again this season. And I'm sure I will see you as early sure. as Thursday morning at the new digs. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely still a little bit of a work in progress. Um, but I, I'm I apologize for the, the Wi-Fi issues um, and the uh, coffee grinder sound in the background. But, you know, here we are on Sunday morning and, and uh, after a Nebraska victory, you can't complain about too many things. Look, if this was a professional production, they wouldn't have me running it. So, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't think you need to worry about it. it. So we're all there you go. Now. All right. Well, everybody, check out everything we got going on at Husker247.com. Plenty of coverage from the game last night. We have stuff up from the coaches, players. Of course, we have analysis from that game as well from Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunts, and myself. And... It is Sunday, first home game of the year. That means Nebraska had visitors in town. There will be plenty of visit reaction throughout Sunday. 
Could there be a commitment? Could there be multiple commitments? I don't know, but it sure seems like things are trending in Nebraska's direction. So get to Husker247.com, check out all the coverage, and we'll be back with more podcast content throughout the week. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.